Hello, everybody. Welcome to King and Cold Ones, a podcast dedicated to analyzing the works of Stephen King. And yes, you guessed it, drinking beers and Diet Cokes or Pepsis. I'm one of your co-hosts, John, and joined with me is co-host Gina. What's up, G? Hey, happy post-snow day. Happy post-snow day. Happy late 2024. This is our first uh, podcast of the new year. Oh my God, it's 2024. What a great time it all is. (laughs) What a great year it's been so far. I I guess it hasn't been terrible yet. I mean, (laughs) snowstorms have been annoying, but, you know, it is what it is. It looks pretty. But, you know, driving it, not great. Looks pretty. The kids, did the kids get the day off or do they have to do the bullshit from home? They got multiple days off. Okay, well, that's good. Plus Martin Luther King Day this week. They they barely made an appearance at school I this week. Fucking forgot. I was off this past Monday. Yeah, and it I feels just, like, a long like yeah, a long time ago. That was a long that was a long uh, not great week. But yeah, fuck it. We're here now. We're here now, uh, and the work we're talking about today is uh, King's 1981 horror book, Cujo. Uh, you know, a book about a doggone rabbit terrorizing. A mother and her son in a compact Pinto car. How do you... It's crazy that that's... That happens like halfway through the book. And they're just... That you feel the struggle the whole fucking time for the rest of the 150 pages or whatever it is. But uh, this is your first time reading it, right? Or no? No, I actually... Oh, you read this before. Yeah, I did. I, I, I read this actually last year and I liked it. But... I will say that because of the fact that we're reading all these books now in order, mm-hmm. it did clear up some things for me because just reading this book randomly, there's a lot of references that you don't get. The connective tissue, right, with Frank yes. Frank Dodd and Castle Rock. I was thinking, what are they talking about? And then I was just, I mean, I got the context clues when upon first reading. I was like, obviously this, this guy, this Dodd guy was no good and he was in the past. and But I just didn't get the connection to the dead zone until... Obviously, we were reading these books mm-hmm. in order, and I was like, "Oh, wow! Look at that!" Part of yeah, part so. of the fun of reading the King stuff is all the intertextual references, all the interconnectedness, interconnectedness, Easter eggs, however yes. you want to call the the shit. I I like that kind of stuff, but I had no idea upon first read. So, the, yeah, so the second time I was really paying more attention. I'd say. I, uh, this is one I kind of avoided for a while. This is my Why? first time reading it because I like dogs and I, I knew oh, that. Oh, you uh, don't want them to change yeah. your view of dogs? So you've, it's impossible. I think I've, I think I saw part of the movie when I was a kid, but I never watched the whole thing. But, um, if actually, if you read The Dark Tower, the, the ending of this book gets spoiled by The Dark Tower. I won't spoil The Dark Tower, but I always thought that was kind of funny too. So I kind of knew. I kind of knew the ending of this book going in, but it didn't like negatively impact the book or anything like that. But yeah, you know, we were a dog family, so I didn't want to get all bummed out reading this book. But you know what's crazy though? What's that? I never watched the movie. I, I didn't read the book till last year, but like everybody knows when you say like that dog is like Cujo. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. you just know that that is not saying anything nice. It does, uh, and when you're first introduced to Cujo, he's such a, you know, great, he's like the perfect kind of Poor big little dog. guy, or big guy. Big, yeah. yeah. The uh, the name for Cujo, kind of, so I, just glancing at the Wikipedia here. I Guys, I kind of slacked off this pod. I apologize. I usually try to be a little more organized and do some more research. I was kind of slacking, so sorry. 
Uh, but King got the name for Cujo from it's it's tied into the Patty Hearst thing again. It's the second time the Patty Hearst yeah, thing is coming is that, up. Yeah, what's his fascination with that? I don't. I guess that was it's the, obviously it's the big bef- news of the time. I get yeah, obviously before our time, but the, right. the kidnapping of Patty Hearst and the I'm gonna pronounce the organization wrong. The Symbionese, Symbionese Liberation Army. I have to. I'm totally blank on what their goals were and shit. But yeah, I don't. I don't I, know. But it was a big story. But fa- famously, King was inspired by. Um, one of the leaders at, seems like something wolf or something. Yeah, and he took know. he took uh, that for inspiration for Flag. Um, yeah. Another member, uh, a guy named Willie Wolf. His alias was Cujo. Willie wolf. Yeah. So that's where he got the Cujo name. Creepy. From. Yeah, we. I just thought, I thought that was weird that the Patty Harris thing came up again. Um, but also something else personal happened to King. He had his uh, one of his motorcycles, I believe, broke down in the seventies. He had to take it to a sort of mom and pop shop um, mechanic, and a giant or a big uh, Saint Bernard dog almost bit his hand. Um, but fortunately for him, it didn't happen. But you know, the seeds of that—that that sounds like was that in that was in a book that we read. The going to a mechanic and getting bit by Saint Bernard. Somebody was telling the story. What was that movie? Or what was that uh, book? Um, uh, we It was one of the past couple. What was the last one that we read? We did. God, it feels like a long <laughs> What the time fuck ago. was the last one that we No, because there was a guy named was... Sale, and I think Sale told the story of getting. Oh, fuck. Yeah, you're right. It, was the, the it was the last book that we read. It yeah. was. um The depressed guy with a bomb. You know, he bombed Why am his I... house. Not the. No, not the long walk. It's the other one. He remember he had to leave his. Uh, why, why are we so? It's like this Christmas is, uh, and the holidays happened and we forgot everything. This but is that, incredible. <laughs> the, guy, the guy who's trying to fight like the system from yeah, yeah. taking down his and house and they're like it's it's useless and he decides to stay in his house and um. I am such a fucking dick right now. I'm gonna look up Stephen King's. I did put you on the spot. Sorry. Nah, I I should. Now I want to know. I didn't know that was based off of his own story when we were reading that book. You know? Yeah. So I just yeah, thought... The, the, the mobster character describes the main character was as like a go, soon-to-be rabid dog or something like that. And the book is Roadwork. Roadwork. We just did... Yeah, we did that episode in like... That was our la- that literally the last book that we did, and we couldn't remember the name of it. Yep. Sorry, guys. But he does tell <laughs> that story. You're telling... Right now, you're talking about how... Stephen King got bit by St. Bernard. But I'm pretty sure Sal tells that story. He's, Remember when he said about, you yeah, don't he, be he afraid of a dog? He compares the protagonist to like, oh, you're kind of like a crazed dog. Like, mm-hmm. you used to be nice. We, he was like a neighborhood dog that did go rabbit, and then you couldn't yeah. really trust it or whatever. Wow. That's really weird. Yeah, I didn't put that so together. So maybe when he was running that book, he's like, well, my next book. Yeah, here we go. I'm going to yep. actually just go further with this, and but, uh, we're going to yeah, explore good, this idea. Good call. All right, so you're such a good storyteller, John. <laughs> All right, so this uh, <laughs> the book is set in the '80s, which uh, I think a lot of King nerd people will say is probably the best decade. Decade? <laughs> what I say like that? The best decade for King stuff. We, there's going to be a lot of good books coming up, but um, some are in the '80s, and like you kind of pointed out, it is very. It is funny. I didn't think about that, but if you're going in reading this cold. They bring up Castle Rock and this Frank Dodd character. I did not understand it, honestly. Yeah. I was just 
trying to piece together what I could. And I was not investigating at the time, like what these things meant. I should have. I kind of like how, um, it does kind of play into the small town. Like a lot of small towns have their own like boogeymen or whatever like that. And that's kind of what the Frank Dodd kind of turned into. I am confused. I'm not, not confused, but it is strange. The connection that he seems to make between Dodd and Cujo kind of abandons it later on like he, yeah he tries to make it seem like this the evil spirit of dodd lived on doesn't it seem at the beginning like this is more um super like a parent yeah a paranormal yeah. kind of book like uh at one point ta- so there's a family middle-aged uh family in suburbia what is it vic, vic. donna tad their four-year-old child and mm-hmm. the four-year-old child has this fear of this like animal in his bedroom closet. And they do really do a good job of like giving you that fear as well. Cause I like it's very everybody's rela- had that moment when they're little, very relatable, right? Yeah. I used to have this thing where I, if I went into the bathroom at our old place, I'd have to move the curtains back, the shower curtains to make sure no one was there. To make there. sure no one was there. Yeah. Never. I, no one ever jumped out at me, but for some reason that's a just always there. weird fear that stuck with me. But he, this poor kid, is seeing all this stuff happen. They make it seem like it's really... Ha- Stephen King makes it seem like it's really happening. So you're like, is this just this kid's imagination or is this really happening? Yeah, it's... But, and to the to the point where you can smell different things coming out of... And things the, move. Yeah, and things move. The parents report the next day like, oh, something moved in that closet. And they're like, well, Tad just did it to self-sabotage like, himself that or make something. You, doesn't that make you yeah. think like, is this really happening or... I do wonder if it's something that he started out thinking it was going to be supernatural. Then towards the middle of the book, he's like, nah, maybe it's just rabies. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, because it went from one extreme to the other. Yeah. He kind of dropped that altogether. You're right. It is. That is kind of odd to me, but. It is a little fuzzy, but I kind of do like the, but yeah, I like the relatability of like, okay, the monster in the closet. Yeah. Everybody has their own. Yeah. Everyone has their own thing that they're kind of scared of. That's true. Um, I'm also getting weirdly Pet Cemetery vibes because it's uh, about a family that moves from, like, the big city to right. the small town. Um, That's true. I don't know why. Is it, So the, the Vic is, like, an ad executive. And right. for some reason, they, they move from New York to uh, Maine, Ca- Castle Rock, Maine. And I don't quite know why. <laughs> I don't really know either. Uh, had other than six... that, they wanted a better quality of life to raise a family, yeah. maybe. Maybe that's it. They had some success with their serial promos until Til, uh, something went terribly wrong. I do, <laughs> I do think it's funny, and people have said this to me, or I've heard it on podcasts, where like, so Kuja, it's like a pretty solid book. Heads up, though, there's like a lot of time spent on a serial subplot, more than probably there should be. It right? does seem unnecessary that it's we a went lot. that far. It was just basically a reason for Vic to be out of town. Yeah, I and d- distracted with a bunch of other things. I kind of do like the mini episode you get where it's like an unrelated, like it's uh, I forget what state, but it's basically a kid gets sick. Oh yeah, mom is riot. terrified because she thinks the kid threw up like a gallon of blood. Yeah, the cereal that they're promoting is red. Yeah, it's a red. What's rat- the name of the sharp? It's sharp cereal, right? Or is Sh- some kind of cereal plus the cereal is red. And there's some character. Oh, there's a. It's uh, like a professor cereal guy. Something cereal, and he. I guess everyone's just 
thinking the cereal is now like, you know, I don't want to. I don't know what the word is for. It's just you're done with it. You're you're banning the cereal. It's they, unofficially banned. They really determined that they're like, okay, the cereal doesn't cause illness, but the dye like doesn't go. It'll it doesn't go through your system properly. And the damage was done. Like, and the damage. Like, yeah. There's just like the. People in the public will be like, well, no, fuck that. I don't believe that it's not the cereal. Yeah. I'm not messing with that cereal. Uh, yeah, if I throw up a bunch of red, you know, blood I think that's about it for me. It depends on how much I really like the cereal. Like, if I, <laughs> if I really, really like it. Like, if it's Golden Grams, for some reason, made me throw up and a weird color. I want to tell you on Golden Grams that Retro Recipe is back. I... Almost got it the other day. I got cinnamon toast crunch instead because I'm an adult that's child. In, that's in our cabinet too. But uh, I love no. I got the '80s Golden Grams before, and it's very good. Teeny, you yeah. weren't high on it, right? Or were you not? Oh, Teeny doesn't like the new. Okay. Yeah, they're back, so don't worry. Yes. Retro Golden Grams. I think we accidentally got the newer. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Version and they were not good. Yeah. Fuck, it makes now, a difference. Now I can, can kind of go. Everything was better back then. Because everything was made with like. 20% more sugar and fat, right? Probably. But we were happy then. Yeah. Love and sugar. Come on. We were all much happier then. We were all okay. much happier. So what's the, what's the, ma- the marriage is in a weird spot too, right? Between so she, Vic yeah. and Donna. Donna is, uh, basically she does, first of all, I am personally offended. She's like 30 probably. They make a lot of <laughs> references to age in this book. But it's, she's like worried that her like youth is slipping away. I think... The husband even, is, is like, she even is she even thirty? She's like twenty nine. She she's might. Not even I 30 think she. Yet. I think she's under thirty. Yeah, she's under thirty, and she's like, oh, I'm getting too old. I used to be fun, and um, I think there's a couple references to someone like thirty nine, almost forty, and saying they're old. And I just, oh, oh, it was the, uh, that guy, which. Oh, uh, th- th- that's his whole thing, Trent, uh, Trenton. No, the other guy, the guy that she's having an affair. So with. she Donna. Uh, because she's bored, she's in an unfamiliar place. She doesn't have a lot of friends in this new town. Steve she Kent. has Tad to take care of her four-year-old. But like when she drops him off at, at a preschool or wherever he's going, she doesn't have a lot to do. So unfortunately, she finds herself in an affair with like this creature. It is. Uh, he's vile. He's a bit over the top. Let's just say his name's Steve Kemp. Yeah. Okay. I'm all over this place. I'm all over the place with this character because. It does add He's just a, insecure, it, wildly insecure. Yeah, it has an interesting wrinkle to the story. He's like a wild card. But like, okay, he's like a tennis bro who also is uh, an aspiring poet. Isn't that just bizarre? Isn't that like, that's a, <laughs> uh, King, do you really need your writer character in there so much? Just make him like a weird tennis bro. Um, but like you said, he's also, he's in fear of kind of growing older and he's like in denial. He's like 39. He's like, I'm dying. Yeah. I'm like, stop. This was also part of the last, this might have been part of the last generation of where the mom is a homemaker right. and the guy, like, I don't know how possible this, sh- I'm sure, of course it still exists, but not to the degree it did back then where. I think, wasn't he, I forget what he, what his, what he did. Did he restore furniture or something? Oh, Kemp, yeah, he's a furniture, yeah, he restores furniture. So that's how they met. And he's a, he's like a vet, like he travels from town to town to like fuck women and play tennis. And I was going to say, he's a tennis player and yeah. he, he doesn't like to lose, he never likes to lose and he's just got a big ego and I think for her she was just happy someone was paying attention to her. And Vic suspects a an affair, but he doesn't, he's not quite sure doesn't know how to like confront his wife about it. It's a weird 
Yeah. So the marriage isn't in the best spot, obviously. Right. Um, and this, their little child is being terrorized by this thing in the closet during all this. Mm-hmm. There's like a couple simultaneous stories because the other story is uh, the Cambers, which it's a family of three again. It's two older. They're, I Ch- just picture them as being older parents. Yeah. It, the, you picture them as. It's the thing of like they're probably also like thirty five and thirty six each, but they probably look like ten to fifteen years older. Yeah, I just picture them as being older, and they have a, a boy that's probably like is he tenish? He's like yeah, he's like ten. I think he's like ten on the dot. So right. it's Joe Chamber, uh, Charity Chamber. Those are the parents, and then Brett is the kid, uh, and he has uh, the the very friendly dog Cujo. And they're working class. Uh, I think he's like the father's like a mechanic. The wife is a homemaker, but you could tell they're they do not have as much money as you know the Trentons. Mm-hmm. Um, the de- the father seems uh, kind of abusive and he's an abusive verbally we- abusive and possibly physically abusive. He's got the worst attitude ever. He's also very much like. I don't know about this book learning shit that he want to do. He's almost a, he's almost a little bit of a stereotype. But those guys, you know, those guys do exist. These yeah. like I work with my hands. I kind of look down upon people that like use their brains and have money because they don't make the things themselves. Right. And charities, I got to say I don't care much this does become kind of a bigger subplot. Charity trying to show her son that there is more to life than like Fixing like old cars. Yeah, like cursing, boozing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fixing cars, using. I mean, she's trying to make sure that her son is, you know, a kind person, you know, is willing to like explore life beyond just maybe what he's used to with his father. Does so, She doesn't want him to turn into his father, basically. And charity is pretty much what uh, Donna is scared to become, like the complacent. Right, housewife, subservient to uh, a dick. Yeah, not, not that Vic, Vic is a dick. Yeah, Vic, Vic guess, isn't a dick, but yeah, I guess I guess just being stuck in a rut for the exactly. rest of your life. Like, exactly in this town. But, yeah, dealing with this, having to basically take what you get, mm-hmm. and just sit there and just keep doing the same thing every day to make the household run. Be be feel like you're lucky to have a husband at all. That, right, right. And you know that takes care of you. So, yeah, and they have this really adorable sounding St. Bernard that's pleasant. And, and it's like right away, we kind of get it right away yeah, right what away. happens. Is it, are we in the dog's perspective? Yeah. Uh, and that could always be a little silly going into the mind of a dog because, like, how do, you, banned, how do you do that? It wasn't bad. No, though. I think he does a. Pr- so, there's a uh, book that we'll get to in eight years at this rate uh, Under the Dome. Where you're in the perspective of a dog for a little bit, and it's not as good as this. Is I it think painful? It's a little, yeah, a little sweaty. This to, wasn't that long either. Honestly, no, it's pretty quick. Like uh, I like that we jump in and out of different people, including a dog. Including a dog, and he's but it's okay. He's very much one of those. They kind of live on uh, not a farm, but it's a lot of open country that they open land that they have, and he's chasing a squirrel or a rabbit. Mm-hmm. I forget. A rabbit, I think. I think it is a rabbit. And this rabbit falls into a hole that's like, you know, you don't, it's hard to see. It, it looked like it could be just brush or whatever. And what's in, what's in the hole, Oh, G? there's bats in there. There's bats. 
There's a rabid bat, and the bat like scratches him or does some bite. Scratch. It bites or scratch, and this poor dog. This poor fucking dog. I feel bad for this. I mean, I know the dog is has its problems, but it's sad. Because then at that point, you know, like, these like, people don't care enough to take care of this dog. Mm-hmm. They're not going to notice if there's something wrong with the dog. It's, it also seems like Cujo is, he's almost not a feral animal, but he's like a country animal. Like, he's like, he's got no, like they leave him outside. Or, they yeah. leave him outside and he roams around the, the land by himself. So, yeah. It's true. So he goes back and then he's living his life and starts to feel a little funny, but... They might like pop out of that. They they keep going back to him, but basically he starts to feel not himself. He maybe develops a headache, mm-hmm. strong pounding in his head. And the whole time I'm like, God damn I it! I know, sad because you it's know so there's like no, you there's, know that dog has not gotten any shots or anything. Have you ever seen a rabid dog? I have not. I have not either. So I yeah, I guess I have no reference. I guess it's something that they've I, maybe it was more common back in the day or something. Yeah. But. Yeah, they they talk about like I've heard stories about like if like ra- like rabies breaks out, then they'll kind of try to hunt down all the animals to like like it's pr- common among or it used to be common amongst foxes. Like, there's and, no bringing back an animal. Yeah, once you, once an animal has it, you're kind of th- that animal. What about a person? So apparently, uh, <laughs> gathering all the knowledge I did from the book. I, I mean, from the book, I guess you can get you a get shot the shots, okay. and, but I think After it is the fact. It's touch and go. Like she ends up, spoiler alert, being in the hospital for like a month or something. Yeah. I don't know how. Maybe it's gotten better now, where it's just yeah. you're in fear for a few days or something. But yeah, she was also in rough shape from other shit too. She was like uh, dehydrated and too long heat stroke. Away. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I, I guess going back and forth, the should we do the uh, confrontation with? Uh, dickhead Steve Kemp. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's That's kind of a big, big moment in the book. I do like, I, right away, we are just greeted with, she, Donna has such disdain for him and once it, she sees him. It's good because like, we know that she's a like a protagonist because she feels bad about what she did. So, yeah. We know why she did it. Obviously, like, you know, cheating on your spouse is bad, but we don't, like hate her right away because no. she kind of hates herself. Yeah. She kind of beats up on herself. She knows what she did was wrong. So we're like, okay, we're kind of on her we side can, a little bit. Yeah. We can empathize with her a little bit, but he's the worst. I mean, he, I think he just barges. Does he barge right in? He's like in the house before she is. Ew. Yeah. And she could be coming in with her son. So yeah. she's like alarmed. He broke in basically. I mean, her door's probably unlocked, but whatever. But he broke in, and he's just there, and he's she's like, like... So you want to fuck? And she's like, no, fuck off. She's like, I think I'm done. Yeah. Obviously, he gets uh, embarrassed and upset and ego bruised. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Threatens to rape her, which is yeah. great. Not and great and being sarcastic. Yeah. He, just goes, he just goes wild. Yeah, I, and I wonder if King... King always says he doesn't quite know. If he starts a story, he doesn't know how it's going to end. I, so I wonder what he had in mind with this character at the I feel the start. like this could have gone further, but... It could have gone further. Yeah, it seems yeah. like he may have made some changes. Because yeah. basically what he turns out to kind of be a red herring kind of guy towards yeah. the end of the book. because they think that, yeah, that um, leads them off the case trying to figure out where she is later. The, you know, um, it's funny. When you're, when you're reading this book, you're like, 
this really could not take place today because of cell phones. I, you know, I like, was going to say, yo, the whole time I was going to say that because the him, when we get later on and we're listening to him, uh, Vic trying to call Donna on the landline, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, she needed a damn cell phone. This would have all been, like, they can't really make this movie. Did, did they just do a remake? No, nah, they did. Pet, Pet Cemetery was like the more recent okay. thing. I've heard they tr- they tried to remake this a few times. I've never seen the movie, so I don't uh, know. People I know. people swear about it. People love Wait, the movie. Wait, isn't that chick from the Frighteners in it? Yes, E.T.'s mom. Isn't it? Uh, she's in like all D, the good movies. D. Wallace, yeah. She's she's and cool. she she kind of became a scream queen too, in like later in life. Yeah, yeah, probably maybe from the Frighteners, and then she went on. Was she the mom in um? Oh, I forget what the name of the freaking thing is anyway she's e. poltergeist mo- she's not in poltergeist the mom yeah no that's not her okay in the same ballpark they're okay. the same kind they look of, the same yeah they're you know white women in the 80s <laughs> yeah. um, they wore the same outfit yeah with the uh, short hair and, and pixie cut i will say reading this book it's it was impossible for me not to imagine d wallace in the in in her shoes i don't know dude i did too even though yeah. i've never seen the movie i don't know I, I never saw the husband in the movie so i have no idea what he he kind of yeah, looks like a bland look? i want to know what he looks he's kind like. of a boring I, I imagine him just being like a boring like he probably used to be really handsome maybe put on a few lbs yeah I don't know. yeah you know what i mean it makes sense he, he, he probably gets, a, bun- he gets a bunch of free cereal from the ads no who would be fun that roger guy yeah, Rod, co-worker. Rod, roger who's a kind of a kind of scuzzy because he apparently every now and then will like you know, fuck sex workers or whatever. Well, well he's no, on no, work no trips. No judgment on that, but he's also married, so yeah. it's like... Yeah, he'll, he'll go on work trips and meet ladies. But also, like, I just felt like at, at points he was a little insensitive. He was just like, oh, like, by the way. By the way. Uh, <laughs> Later on. The call to, yeah, the call towards the end of the book is kind of funny. Where, I'm like, dude, yeah. his family's missing. <laughs> yeah. Calm down. Uh, so Okay, but so Donna tells uh, Kemp to fuck off. And he yes. does, but we get the he, King lays it on pretty thick. It's like okay, this guy's gonna come back to fuck shit up later on. He you doesn't say it in very, so eloquent very terms hurt about this. His ego is so hurt. Um, and then so Kemp goes away and stews a little bit and plots. Um, meanwhile, um, at the Camber on the Camber Ranch. On the yeah, I want to call it a ranch, but it's, it's not a ranch. But Maybe it is because I, I think the um, so it's an auto body place, but it's like it might be in a barn or a giant shed yeah. or something. Maybe it was like I a converted. I picture a big shed with a dog sitting in the yeah driveway. So like over there, I think Charity's struggling. Um, she does have good news. She found out that she recently won the lottery. She plays lottery. the lottery Fi- like all the time. Five K. So in eighties money, what do you think that is like? Fifteen. Thousand? Yeah, something probably. like that. Maybe? I'm just gonna say yeah. Twelve, fifteen, no yeah, whatever the conversion yeah. rate is. But um, she wins money and she's like kind of hiding it. But she's been playing the lottery all the time. She wins and she's like, "What could I do with this? What could I do with this?" Sorry, I got to. And squeeze. we we get the um. <coughs> Sorry. Bless you. That's a live podcast. <laughs> we get oh. the uh, unfortunate reality for probably a lot of like homemakers or housewives back in the day like she pretty much has to like trick her husband or bribe him into like getting what she wants so she buys him on the advice of her son like some 
I forget what the fuck it is. A Some chain, sort of a chain full. I don't know what it which is. Which I I'm a dumb person that's never built anything with my hands. It's something to help with the work that he does. Yeah, it's we have like, no idea. It's like three thousand bucks. It sounds like a top of the line thing. But her, her thing was she wanted to buy him this to basically buy the good grace, like, like buy the time to um, get her son out of there to go on a trip to see her sister. And he's like, it's like a bribe kind of thing or like a deal. He's like, automatically deal. like skeptical and like, no, I don't want him seeing that them city folk. And she, because he doesn't want. First off, Don, uh, Donna. First off, Charity wants Brett to be around her sister and other people to see that uh, all people don't live the way we do. All husbands don't act like, and fathers don't act like this. <laughs> Not and, all husbands are dickheads. <laughs> and then he, the father, uh, Joe doesn't really want Brett to go because he thinks he doesn't respect that family. He doesn't respect how they made their money. He just, you know, so Donna had to make some kind of deal with that, with uh, Joe. Sorry. Did I say Donna? Charity had to make, sorry. Charity had to make some deal with her husband to be like, if you let us go this time, then I will let Brett go with you on your drinking hunting trip. Get, like later on in the year, a good old fashioned '80s drinking hunting trip. Which, which I uh, mean, it took a lot for her to do that because she really did not want Brett to ever go to those. Because once he goes to that, he's pretty much lost. That's some like savage shit that probably goes on. Yeah, like you know, T- too much for a ten year old boy to see or be around because he was yeah. heavily influenced. Imagining a kid like hearing forty to fifty year old men just like. <laughs> saying the Curse worst possible all stu- shit. Yeah, it's just too much. Probably doing some drugs. Uh, I'm sure he will be, you know, getting sips of beer. All of it. All of that. All of that great stuff. That's true. So he reluctantly uh, agrees, and uh, yeah. So that we're kind of set. King's kind of setting up dominoes. So the kid and the white charity and uh Brett are going to be away from the farm. Right. The primary he's the, uh, Brett's the primary caretaker of the dog Cujo. Right. And um Joe, you know, on his own he has some ideas. He's like, "Well, it's not bad. While they're gone, I can go out whoring." <laughs> yeah, basically he's going to gonna go go to Boston with his friend which uh, Gary. Yeah, his and I, Gary. I I'm going to be completely honest with you. So he he, he has his buddy Gary. Is that also the neighbor? I like, think it is, yeah. Okay. There's a woman neighbor, too. Yes. There's, like, two sets yeah. of neighbors. There's, like, a woman and a man that have, like, a chicken farm. Yeah. Because they... So, the campers live in, like, this remote area, but, like, not far, not too, too far. Still far. Uh, they have two other sets of neighbors. A man and a woman that own a chicken farm. I don't remember their names. And his friend, Gary, who's kind of, like, like a, a skis ball. Yeah, he's, like, a scuzzy dude who's, like, uh, an army vet that, um... Kind of, he's like a weirdo where he, he's he kind of looks down upon his time serving in the army, but at the same time he's kind of like fuck the counterculture kind of guy too because he hates hippies, which you know he's not wrong. Fuck, <laughs> fuck hippies. Just kidding. I love you all. Um, yeah. Also, Gary's friend friendly with Cujo, and there's the the first inklings that Cujo isn't well. Uh, Cujo goes to see Gary, and Gary tries to give him a treat or something. And Cujo doesn't eat it right away, and he's like, "Oh, that's not that's like you, That's not buddy. like that's not like Cujo. What the heck? But Cujo does appease his buddy, and eats the tree, but it's like unsatisfying. Right. I'd be like, I'm trying to put myself in Cujo's shoes. I'd be like, me drinking this delicious uh, snuffler, 
brewed by the Sterling Pig and not enjoying <laughs> it. You know what we did forget to mention, too? Is yeah. that sometime, there was a flashback at some point. Oh, and, with the family. Yeah, the yeah. family. Um, these two families did meet at some point because uh, Donna and Vic experienced some car trouble. Car trouble. I'm not sure if it was the Pinto or not. But one of their cars had a problem. They brought their car to the camper, Joe Camper, uh, his place. And they did meet Cujo because they had, you know, Joe was like, it'll take a certain amount of time to fix it. So mm-hmm. they just decided to wait there. And so um, Tad was playing with Cujo. And obviously Donna was a little bit worried because Cujo is so large and Tad mm-hmm. was so small. But, it's a 200-pound um, dog. Yeah, but Tad Isn't that really crazy did. crazy to think about? <laughs> it, it is actually crazy. Yeah. could easily... So tackle you and the kid is what uh 20 pounds maybe yeah. 15 20 yeah but yeah that that's a good yeah good call that's a good little episode of and king points this out later like cujo was a good dog yeah. like he was he was very gentle yeah. with him and well behaved and yeah. so tad actually recognized him and uh played with him and liked him so i don't know that comes into play later but mm-hmm. uh back at the other place so, I think Kemp is stewing. Kemp he makes is some stewing. plans. Oh, and he writes a writes a little note, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, because he was like, "I want to get revenge." You know, f- no one fucking dumps me, Kemp. I dump everybody else first. God's gift to the world, tennis player slash poet. <laughs> for some reason, uh, so he he had um, a uh, <laughs> what do you call his fucking things? Car, a car, a business card, right? Yes, yes. Okay, he had. Yeah, one of Vic's business cards, and he writes like some vulgar shit about his wife. And oh, and he says something about a physical body part. So like, there's no mistaking that yeah, he's seen her like, like half okay. naked or whatever. Yeah. So. So he was sets off that little time bomb. Yeah, he he mails the, the postcard or whatever because he to his to his place of Vic's place of business. So he knows that Vic is gonna get it eventually. Yeah. So, and then he starts. Does he start packing up to leave town? He packs up to leave town because that's what he does. He's a weirdo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, goes from town to town and does his thing. So, eventually, so Vic is experiencing all this turmoil at work, and he knows that he has to go. He has to try to save this account, make this like big pitch to the head of this company. There's like the head of the company who's like tight with him, and then there's the, his son who's ready to change things up. So Vic has to go travel to New York, I think. Yeah, with they Roger. They, pl- they they plan like a yeah, multi they have to go to New York and then Oh, somewhere else. Somewhere else. I forget. Boston and then New York, I think. So I, they're they're planning this big business trip to try to in see In the 80s this. sounds like a, f- it's I, a I don't lot. I don't like planning traveling now. No. That sounds like a fucking nightmare. Like you you're on the phone and shit doing that. But they are like really struggling here. They're like this is our last ditch effort to save this account it's, and if this account uh, tanks, then we're gonna tank. Then they're fucked. Yeah, it's it's probably like sixty percent of their business or whatever. Yeah, it's just one big serial account. Um, so I, I just like <laughs> sorry. I like how much time he spends on this fucking serial thing. He does like, spend a lot of time. So yeah, I guess minor minor criticism of the book. There's a lot that like he went into the finer details of what made the ads good and shit. Like just be like, okay, he was a su- successful ad guy, and yeah. a, a thing went wrong. But we just went too far with the descriptions. You could probably cut like a good, uh, I don't know. I don't know how much of the ad stuff took up, but I'm sure. It just was unnecessary. You could cut it in half and you would have got the the gist of 
what was yeah. happening. Yeah. Basically, what we need to know is they were struggling. They're really stressed out about this. They needed this mm-hmm. last ditch effort to save. And, and they didn't want to move back to New York to have to deal with all this stuff. They wanted to stay where they were. Mm-hmm. So this was really important to them. And then while you know Vic is all stressed out about this, he gets mail one day. Mm-hmm. And the mail is uh, that letter from Steve Kemp, which obviously set him off the deep end. Yep. And it's like his worst kind of fear has been confirmed. Right. Like 100%. Yeah. So obviously he's in a, uh, he might be like temporarily insane. Even at one point he's like, so I probably shouldn't go home because I don't know what I will do. Yeah. He's so angry and hurt. I have to like cool off. and Yeah. And Donna kind of knows right away, or she kind of suspects, <laughs> Jesus Christ, suspects. <laughs> suspects. By God. I'm John, almost, a beer, I'm almost a beer deep in my Pennywise glass. John's Pennywise pint Snuffler glass, IPA from yeah. Sterling Pig is hitting him hard. Yes. Good job, Sterling Pig. I ate breakfast, so, um, but I didn't eat lunch, so maybe the beer will hit me. Does the, a it's a beer lunch. Beer lunch, It's yes. a liquid lunch. Yeah, what time are we're we're at four o'clock as we record yeah. this? So yeah, it's after You're famished, John. I know. I, if you really you look on? at me, I look quite famished. John with all can't my, go on this way. With all my jelly rolls. Stop. Of uh but okay. So um infidelity. B In, infidelity. Infidelity. Not good. Not good. So that is unfortunate. Uh he does eventually go home. To his credit He's, he's pretty chill. He's like pretty chill. Yeah, like I gotta give it to him. He has his like moment of like I don't know what I'm gonna do. This is like my world's coming crashing down. I kind of like he doesn't say he wants to kill her in his mind, but like it's that thing of like you get like a snap, like your whole world's turned upside down. Yeah, but he takes time. He composes himself and he goes home. And Donna kind of knows right away, and she gives kind of the reasons that we discussed. Like she does not deny it at all. So I did it. I hated myself the whole time. Um, it always sucked. I don't know why. I, I feel I, like I'm getting older. I'm chasing my youth. Um, I'm, I, yeah. Like I Tad's didn't wa- getting older. I didn't want to, like Tad, when Tad went off to school, it's just me in this house all by myself. Yeah. I didn't want to go to yoga class. <laughs> she brings up yoga or something or like doing these like calis- calisthenics classes. Like she like didn't want to be a typical eighties housewife, right. I guess. Right. Um, so but. that was so. So basically, they went to bed. They weren't. Nothing was solved, but no one. There was no violence. Yeah, there's no, which is the best you can hope for in a <laughs> eighties uh, marriage. I feel yeah. like there's no, there's no violence. They um, got up the next day, and I think it was like visibly. I mean, he was getting ready to go on his business trip. Yes. And in the meantime, before this, uh, Donna had told. Uh, Vic, that her Pinto was uh, acting up. A very specific, a, uh, I forget, I forget a needle gauge or something. It's something that, yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty quick fix, but if if it's fucked up, then your car's fucked up. And obviously when they brought up, this letter was brought up like that. Oh, that's <laughs> Ooh, that was a good pop. That's teeny cracking a mini DC, Diet Coke. Yes, hon, yes, get it. Um, but uh, yeah, the the... This car was a problem. This got pushed to the side during, obviously, this infidelity talk. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, infidelity will kind of push everything to the side, like needle gauges and right? monsters in closets <laughs> and shit like that. Oh, yeah. And then 
it's so sad because when Tad knows his his dad's going out of town, I guess uh, Vic used to always say like kind of this this he would read this thing about keeping oh, monsters away. The, mo- the monster. This is a. Uh, I love this too. This is definitely like. Some real parent. I bet you could really relate to this. Some mm-hmm. like real parenting shit. Of like, like he had to say these magic words to make sure that the monster stayed in the closet or didn't bother yeah. him. And because the dad was going away, Tad was very worried that, you know, he wouldn't be there to read the words. And, you know, it was the problem was solved because Donna could read the words. But, um, yeah, we got up the next morning. Vic was getting ready to go. And um, it was, it was, it was it's, awkward. It's it, weird between them. She's like, so you gonna fuck anyone while you're out there? Yeah, and he's, he's like, like, I don't know. He's like, I mean, I haven't ruled it out. I, I probably won't. I know. But, I know. You know. I know. Uh, yeah. So, so basically, they leave on weird terms. The car is never discussed. Vic goes off uh, on his business trip with Roger. Yeah, and it's uh, getting like also. Part of the horror of the story, being on a plane in the 80s, that sounds good. Oh, too. it doesn't sound good. I bet you there's Smoking a lot of turbulence. Everywhere. Yeah, turbulence. The plane's barely stayed in the air. There's probably, hey, there's probably more room, though, for the seats. Yeah, yeah, probably. So. But they're, they're kind of, they're game, you know, they're working on their game plan of trying to Oh, they're trying save. to save their business. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I mean, I don't get it, but. I don't get it, but. I yeah. don't get it, but yes. <laughs> and then on the flip side, on the um, the camper area, uh, Cujo is feeling like crap. Yes. Truly very, terrible. He can't even drink, like, he can barely drink water anymore at this point. So and, sad. And he's having I, weird thoughts, like violent thoughts. I want to get the kid. I worry he, the, the, he has dreams about, like, ripping the kid's throat out. And he loved the kid. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a weird. And I think uh, Charity and Brett were getting ready to go on their trip. And... Um, Brett sees Cujo and is like, Mom, something's really wrong with Cujo. I love the setup, though. It's like the, it's a misty morning or whatever. And it's Yeah, it's like ominous. Cujo like comes out of the fog <laughs> and his eyes are all fucked up. He's like, he's got the, the, start, the start of the um, foamy mouth Aww. and stuff. And it's, I love when like, I think we're in Cujo's POV for a second. It's... Cujo, it's the last time that he will be able to, like, calm the voices down in his head and not attack the first thing that he sees. And I'm like, that's that works so well, just because, like, okay, from now on, all bets are off. Anyone that sees this dog is probably going to fucking die. Thankfully, poor, you know, Brett didn't get uh, got by his beloved doggy. Thank God. I mean, you just wish, though, when he told his, his mom was like, uh. But your dad won't let anything happen to Cujo. Yeah, and he's fine. You, you kind of get at first. We're kind of I'm kind of mad at Charity because she's. It's weird though. I don't want to call her selfish. She just wants to go see her fucking sister that she hasn't seen in like six years. She wants to get off this goddamn farm. I think I just I don't I, I she's just he's just the worst. So I I I do want her to get out of there. You want her I kind of get feel out. like that, but... But when your kid goes up to you and be like, hey, I think my fucking pet is sick. It was just one of those things you get stopped at the door and you're like, damn it, now I got to yeah. fix this. Ugh, I can't, just, yeah. Just took all this time off. I was I about know. to go... Uh, Every time you take a vacation child with a... You, you're like, I've had vacation days. This is the only way I can relate to this. I've taken vacation days where I'm like, this is a day I need to use. Just... The kids are at school. Just to I have reset. stuff I need to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling anyone I'm taking a vacation day. 
then the kids get sick or something. <laughs> and you're and then you can't do any of the things that you so it's just like that. It's like and then you just yeah. have to say, Well, I gotta take care of obviously gotta take care of the animal or the kid or whatever. Yeah. You so, wanna be like that, but you're like I think cha- I think charity realizes the dog is probably sick, but let's get the fuck out of here yeah. first. And he can uh, deal with it then later. he can deal with it. Yeah. So Well, you know what? Joe deserves to do some stuff like that because he's the worst. Yeah. He needs to deal with the problem. He's a weird character. Yeah. Like, I don't like his character at he's, all. He's bad. Are like, there any redeeming qualities to this dude? I guess the one slight thing that you get is um, the farewell between him and his and Charity and Brett is kind of sweet. Where he gave his kid five he bucks. He gave his kid like, hey, be, you know, first, the first thing he says is kind of shitty. He's like, so watch your uncle. He He's like kind of a prissy little bitch. Don't be like him. Um, just preloading him with judgment. Like, right, right. Make sure you hate him because I hate him. Also, he says, like, watch your wallet or something. And, he's, and the kid's like, I don't have any money. And slips him like a five. So I guess it's a slightly nice thing that he does. Yeah. And even Brett at the time was, like, caught off guard with his feelings of love for his dad because he's, like, deep down he always realized he that like he loved afraid. his dad. But he's so often kind of, like, tired of his shit. Yeah. Yes, but the brief yeah. like moments that you see that you know remind you of why you like this person that you live with. But uh, then uh, Joe's uh, planning on uh, going off horror and <laughs> shit in Boston with his friend. Maybe catch a Swalks game. Then it yo. Then uh, Cujo Cujo's on at this point. Right? Yo, it basically, it's like a switch was flipped. Yes. At that exact moment. It really. <laughs> so. Uh, is it is it Gary that uh Gary gets it Gary <laughs> Gary gets it that's what the name of the chapter should be <laughs> yeah Gary literally gets it. Gary gets it good how do we feel about this scene like the the chase down it's pretty gross it's pretty visceral right like throat rippingly visceral that's I think yeah what, when you said that wow um sorry our cats, John's our cat cats John's cat was doing like acrobatics <laughs> I stole it out of the corner of my eye um no but uh. The throat ripping is the thing that sticks out. I'm like, that was icky. Because he, he looks like he almost, the whole scene is like, Gary almost gets to the point where he can call for help. But mm-hmm. the last second, he gets his like, throat ripped out. It's, so um, it's pretty brutal. It's almost turning from like a, uh, a dra- like a family drama book to a werewolf book or exactly. something. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's, it's like, I'm all... Uh, caught up in the melodrama of like the cheating wife and the husband and this abusive family over here and then it's like bam it's almost like also yeah, a dog it's it it goes it's everything. close to like soap opera for a little yeah. bit which yeah. i don't hate i like i mean yeah i some of it some of it's a little wacky like it's not my life too much cereal but um yeah too much, too much cereal. cereal and uh the trenton guy's a little I, I keep you on mean, going back. You mean Kemp? Or Kemp. I'm sorry. Trenton. Yeah, Kemp. I apologize. He was a weasel. Just uh, the poetry detail always gets me. No, no. <laughs> no one's bad with Kemp is later on. Oh, yeah. The present that he leaves yes, is uh, that, uh, not ideal. So basically Cujo rips apart uh, our good friend Gary. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, Joe, I don't. We'll come back to Joe. Yeah, let's go back. To, uh, how about um, Donna? Oh, Donna struggling, or you know, she forgets about the car. She goes, but on she's a like, nice, she does. Well, she does go on a trip. She does. She's like, well, I'm a mom in the '80s. Uber doesn't exist, and uh, 
there's only one fucking cab in town. So let's like kind of try our, I was kind of, I was kind of hearing dad or seeing dad in, in this where like, so this thing might break down, but yeah, let's just, definitely, yeah, let's we, give it a go. We've definitely broken down like yeah. on the way back from McDonald's. I remember the exact I, moment. I remember seeing our neighbors pass us by that was laughing rough. at like pretty much laughing they at us. They beeped and waved. Yeah. They beeped and waved. Like that was rough. That was, that's good. That's a, a bit of a look. I, I don't know if the, maybe they thought we were just like on a jaunty walk or something. We don't, we're not those kind of people. No, we weren't walking people. <laughs> we don't walk too lazy as a family. Come that's, on. That's weird. <laughs> so that was uh that was an experience. I remember yes. that walk being like a day's journey. It was probably twenty minutes. I just remember seeing like first of all, I remember we had just got McDonald's. Yes. We had just got done visiting mom in the hospital with Kev. So the, yes. mom's in the hospital, dad has all the kids. None of us are restrained in the back. Like, no, all f- no. hitting some real like car. ghetto ass. Like, uh, hope you all survive. Like, <laughs> kind of shit going on. And we were by the big hill. I know Tra- some of uh, you don't b- know b- what that is. Bishop, Bishop, Bishop Hill. Hill. Bishop Hill. Yeah. We were by the big hill. We somehow we got stalled, and then we somehow flew down Bishop Hill, got to the Getty. And yes. In. Yeah. Or and Alden, wherever the hell it is. It, it's it really is maybe maybe a mile away from where we lived. But for me, I felt like I was on a Lord of the Rings journey. It was hot out. It, it was, was just, hot. It was like it was just a lot. So that that was what ninety two. We've been in desperate places without a car. Yes. Well, that wasn't desperate, so, but for us. And thankfully, we weren't trapped in a pinto with a rabid dog outside. But no. What we're we saying didn't. is, guys, we went through trauma. The trauma. Oh, of so much trauma that walking day. in slightly hot heat. It was uh, like eighty degrees. Yeah, it was like it was actually a pretty mild. I got day. a sunburned arm. <laughs> Um, good times, but you no, know, I could just buy that. Like, okay, we're, this thing might break down or it might not. Let's just fingers crossed. They wanted pizza and I can relate. So what, what was your pizza special? Like double cheese with oh, onions? Oh, I don't, I know what she got, right? Didn't she get, it was, um, she went to Mario's and she, didn't she get onions and pepperoni? It was something, something that oh, make yeah, her breath smell that really bad. Hey man, hold the uh, onions. I'll, you know. I'll, she was I'll young. Eat. That's why she could eat that. Cause otherwise she'd have Yeah. You are asking for like tummy troubles. Yeah. Heartburn with, city. Yeah. Come on. So, so anyway, can, they did get that far, and then they got almost home, and then... Nope, no. Pr- problematic part of the book, though. I'm d- going to dig into it a little bit. Go ahead. Ted does not like pizza. What kind of monster <laughs> is this? He does not like pizza. He gets a ham sandwich or something. Yo, I have run into that before. That's fucking wild. And I think that people that don't... There must be something wrong. There's got to be something going on. So there. weirdly, a court... Yeah, yeah, see? Teenage say frozen knows piece. what's up. It's weirdly a core memory for me. When I was in uh, grade school, There, some kid told me he never had pizza before. What? I, And I could, Gina, I could not fucking fathom it because we ate pizza probably he too much. He never ate pizza before? He never ate pizza. And I was like, and every like every now and then I'd be like, dude, it is the best thing ever. What? And finally we have like a school party and he had it. He's like, yeah, it's pretty good. I'm like, no, this is the why greatest you, thing ever. Why aren't you like moved? Why me? aren't you like moved to tears like I am? I did have but. a teacher that did tell us she didn't like pizza, and I I do I still remember first That's, grade. I remember saying that I'm like, she didn't but how? Yeah, she had bad. She, that, she had bad yeah. pizza. How but. could it? How could it be? Even the people that can't eat dairy like me, we push past our bad feelings afterwards. It is. To, it's the best food. It uh, is. I, what can I say? It's the best food. It is. But, I had the best pizza last night. What'd you have? It was a um, Drexel Hill style, which is like a Greek kind of pizza. Yeah, that's good pizza. But it was extra sauce. Ooh, baby. Um, crispy, cr- uh, buttery, crunchy crust. Oh, so good. You know, you got to be in it. It was a perfect weather because it was like, you know, snowing out. 
It's the kind of it's like the kind of pizza that's like it's hearty. It's hard. Yeah. Good yeah. Word. Yeah. It's a hearty pizza. You know, people are very into this Detroit style. It's like you got to be in a certain yeah certain mood. Yeah. So yeah. that was good. Sorry. Side note. You you got you talking so, about sorry, pizza. I, I brought us on the pizza sidetrack. But it's yes. Okay. Always um, good. Always a good thing. But okay, so Donna, they go they go back home. They're on their way back home, but that's when the car goes. Unfortunately, yes. So close. She kind of freaks out a tad a little bit. I'm sure a a lot of parents can kind of, I'm sure people hit their breaking point. Yes, absolutely. I can relate. But um, they do, um, she does like kind of push the car home, right? They get the car home. Somehow. It barely just gets there. Yeah. And they have to bring their groceries in and shit. And that's when she, she finally reconnects with Vic and Vic is like, ah, fuck! I forgot all about that because you cheated on me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how about uh, take it to this, the the, the cha- Camber Chamber place? Um, and she feels weird about the guy because she probably he's skeezy. He's a skeezy, scuzzy dude. Yeah, but and it's Vic in the middle like, of nowhere. Vic likes him because he's cheap, and you know how how many like honest uh, mechanics are out there for all of. Um, uh, Joe's faults. He does seem to be an honest type mechanic where he yeah. won't fuck you. He's like yeah. honorable in that way, I guess. Yeah. He does a good job with his actual work. He does a good job. He's affordable. And sometimes he'll even like trade. It's like a trade system where like if you don't have money, like that's how he got Cujo was right. one of his customers was like, Hey, I got this like dog litter. Do you want have your pick of the litter and fix my car? And that was nice of him. And he gave his, his uh, son a dog. Cujo. That was nice. That was a nice yes. part. Yes. Yeah. I do remember thinking, wow. Forget, I forgot about though. that. Me too. Um, so there's that ball in the air. So she, you know, go she on. does that the next day, right? She, I think she does hand, that the next they, day. She tries to call up to, to make an appointment with this guy and he just doesn't answer his damn phone. And why is that, G? Because what happened to he him? Is, he's gone. He's a fucking worm he feast. Went, that's why. Yeah, he went to he go. He got fucking moited. <laughs> he so. went to go check on his friend. Well, I guess his, he was getting ready to go with his friend. Yes, um, yeah. To go on their trip, he goes down, and uh, to his horror, he sees some uh, blood on the patio. Getting some like, and again, it's, it went from melodrama to like slashery type stuff, or it was like icky. werewolf kind of. Yeah. You know, imagery. I think Cujo would hear like noises and phone ringing and stuff like that, and Cujo just wanted the noise to stop, and so he would attack. I kind of like the when we're in the mind of Cujo, it, because the pain is so severe and he's a fucking dog. Poor dog. Every time he sees some, something new, it's like, oh, that's the cause of my problems. Like I yeah. have to like snuff that thing. Out. I have to stop that noise. Yeah. that's the thing that's causing me to go insane and yeah. feel so horrible. We have to remember this in case we ever come into contact with a rabbit. Yeah, dog. Jesus Christ. Hope, hope not. Gotta grab a beer real quick. Yeah. Need a drink. No, I'm okay. You're good. Thank Go you. with the D, D, doctor. Doctor. Wait. Is it Diet Pepsi? This is Diet Pepsi. It is far superior to regular. Uh, no, sorry. Far superior to Diet Coke. I'm sorry, Teeny. Oh, shots fired. I have never had <laughs> Diet Pepsi, to be fair. What? She's saying she never had Diet Pepsi. This I can't be true. So I just had a, a Diet Pepsi for the first time in forever. I was like, oh, shit. This is like way better than I thought. Yo. Maybe I'm this just happens to older pack. people. That you just drink different diet sodas and you're like, oh, this is pretty good. You know what? We take delight in the, the simple things. 
I really do. You know what? I love to drink my Diet Coke out of a cute little glass with a Me too. flesh straw. It makes it taste better. So I, I always do this. I have like a ritual. No, no. This is what I do now. Ready? This is important. Take a break. John's pouring a beer. This is pouring a break a time. But what you Public gotta service do, announcement. Everybody. Yeah. John's pouring another snuffler. I'm telling you about my drink. But what you have to do is you have to get a Diet Pepsi, a thing, a, a cup, like a wine glass type of cup or that kind of cup. Pack it full of ice, oh. like the Chick-fil-A kind of ice. Yes. And you pour in your Diet Pepsi, you pour in a bunch, a bunch of cherry juice. Oh, baby. And some cherries. Or like a little grenadine. Uh, yes. It is... I drink it all the time. I go through those cherries constantly, and I have a problem. So, John, <laughs> first job, or yeah, first job I ever had at a RIP John Harvard's. Oh, John Harvard's. Um, they they had really good bread. I feel like. great bread and oil and all that shit. Oh, uh, they had grenadine. Grenadine? I keep yeah. saying that wrong. But uh, we'd make cherry cokes. It was amazing. Then yes. they banned us from using the grenadine because we used too much of it. it was, oh, it was, oh. It, was, it was pretty expensive. And that is why. John Harvard's went out of business. And then they shortly went out of business. Oh, R.I.P. John Harvard. R.I.P. Yep. Anyway, I'm sorry about that, but that was important. Important stuff. Try that out. Soda and pizza announcements. But, uh, okay, so uh, Joe's dead. I think his his throat kind of got ripped out too, right? Yes. Yeah. Joe was... Amongst other things. I think his back, his... Yeah, Yeah. lots of things. Did someone get bit in an unmentionable? A, uh, our, our... a police friend from the dead zone, oh, Bannerman. Oh, okay. I th- Just kidding. Or may- no, maybe it might have been Somebody Joe. Somebody got bit in the. Uh, Joe might have got bit in the. Uh, you know, not good area yeah. to get bit in. Yeah. The old. Uh, That's rough for the him. The old area. Okay. Yeah. Um, so so Joe is gone. Um, and so, meanwhile, Donna needs her Pinto fix and keeps calling there. And no answer, no answer. Now, Vic calls back at some point again and is like, just bring your car there. He's probably there. There's no phone in the garage yeah. for some reason. But she's hesitant, but she does not want to pay all this money to go to this other place. And I don't know. She's trying to leave her son with um, somebody else, like a babysitter, and she can't get a hold of anyone. And he even is, insists on going with her. Too. Which is weird. Yeah. Because uh, he got another scare from the closet, I think. Um, and he hears like, and there's a lot of this too. He hears voices and shit from the closet. Yeah. Is this imagination? Is this a supernatural thing? What's going on? We don't know. Like even Frank Dodd, like he hears the name Frank Dodd. Now, could he have heard that from a neighborhood kid or something? And he's making all this up True. in his mind. True. Maybe, yeah. Pr- probably, but. Yeah. There's that. There's always that window for is that fucking closet. There's always a slight chance of supernatural shit. So that's on. a bummer. So they decide to go. They pack some snacks up there. Milk, they, which they is said weird. If, you know, if something happens and the car breaks down, we're gonna have to walk. So you can't complain. I felt like this. Like I felt like this <laughs> struggle because like you bring your kids somewhere and they're like, I'm not gonna cry. I'm like, gonna walk and like she's like, for real, I'm not carrying you two miles. <laughs> So he promises he's not going to cry if they break down and they have to walk, but they pack some snacks and whatever they need and they start the drive up there. And they get they get there, right? Yep. And, but it's uh it's a little rough, but they put put their way up there. And then it's kind of right away. She I don't um, even think she ever gets out of the initially gets out of the car. I think Cujo, I think Cujo comes out of like Cujo kind of just approaches them and and she's like, "Oh fuck, that's a rabid dog. That's yeah. not good." She knows right away like the dog has babies. 
now we're at the the pretty much the pitch of the book. What is and the it book? Feels, it feels like it's just waited to the very end for this part. Yes. I feel like it's like, I don't know. Anyway. Per, yeah, if you're, I, I think it's like almost a halfway point. It's pretty much a halfway point where they yeah. arrive and then the rest is them there in this crazy situation. Then we go back and forth. It, between Charity and... Between Charity and... Um, What's his name? It's not Joe, is it? What's the kid's name? Oh, Brett. Brett, Brett, Brett. Yeah. So, char- yeah, yeah. Vic, b- Vic is Vic is actually having some success where he is, but, um, and then and then Donna is, you know, parked outside this house. She can't really move anywhere. Meanwhile, Charity and Brett are at the sister's house, and that's its own struggle. That's its own like. They're just really, finding they don't they want to go home, kind of. Yeah. I, Brett kind of starts to worry the whole time. It always, it never sat right with him that Cujo was obviously sick. And they keep trying to call and Joe's not answering. So that's like weighing on Brett the whole time. Ooh, really good scene though. After the first or second night, um, Charity sees uh, Brett um, sleepwalking. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, we've, have you ever seen a sleepwalker? That's never been in our family, right? Not really. Okay. No. It does. It is a, a kind of an eerie thing. Like it's something that Brett used to do as a kid, kind of stopped for a few years, but then it happens again out of nowhere. And what's Brett doing? He's going through the motions of feeding Cujo in his mind, but then Brett says something very ominous. Cujo's not hungry anymore, or something creepy, something similar to that, and that kind of sticks with with Charity. Again, is this a supernatural thing? Is he seeing something? Does he? Is there a shining type thing going on, or is it just a weird intuition or something? Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, I don't know. It's like he knows something. Some somewhere he knows something's wrong, and she, whenever she calls to try to make contact with some like Joe or you know one of the neighbors, she tries to like appease Brett, but isn't really. Trying to, I don't know. I feel like she's not making her best effort to try to solve she's the problem. Trying to make it seem better than it. I think in her mind, she's like, oh, this dog might be dead. It or, might actually be yeah. dead. But like, I kind of don't want to tell him. Yeah. But yeah. And I want to make it, she, she tries to make it seem like she's doing more than she actually is. She does make contact with a neighbor, and the neighbor's like, the one with the chickens. The neighbor obviously connects with her and was like, I haven't seen Joe, but. I'll, go, I'll che- go check. I'll know. go check him after I see to my chickens. And, and guess what? Chicken. Something happened with the chickens. And the ch- what happened with the chickens? What? Like a th- not a thermostat, but something that was warming them broke. Okay. And I was he- like, it w- definitely wasn't Cujo though. It was something else. And uh, this is like a very like to steal a term from the Dark Tower series, which I'm very excited we're going to get to soon. This is like a moment of Ka or destiny. Like that thing was. The thing or whatever that was working to keep the chickens alive was destined to fail to prevent the character. At that exact time. It's almost like a reverse, uh, if I want to be really pretentious, a reverse deus ex machina, which is like deus ex machina. We took our English classes. That's like when the creator or the ghost outside the machine intervenes in the story to save a character's life. This is like the opposite of that, where it almost seems like King on purpose set this up. To fuck a character over. So much coincidence or whatever. A lot, yeah, it's say. almost like ridiculous. To the too point, many things had to fall into place too for many, this to happen. Too many things had to go wrong <laughs> for 
<laughs> I mean, for Charity to not even yeah. be there at the time that Donna was going, because Charity never left that place. There's also like, and it's it's been a few years since I read it, so I'm excited to read it again. There's again, I'm getting more Pet Cemetery vibes, where there's just a lot of like bad destiny going on, right? And yeah. Yeah, it's like your cur- it's like almost like a curse or something at this point. And Donna's like sitting there with with uh, her son Tad, and they're just like baking in this car. And like when they try to turn the car on, like nothing's happening. Even with the horn that has limited like times, you could blow the horn. And it's so fucking hot. It's like a it's like an oven in there, right? And just like yeah, and the whole time like you're hearing, just like hour by hour, and like Tad's. You know, to keep a four-year-old occupied at all is just rough. And yeah, trying to keep a four-year-old occupied while there's a murder machine yeah. outside. And like she could hear, I know she can hear things like the marching band at some point, and like she knows that people are. It's like they're so close, but yet so far away. Yeah, from she's like, still so isolated. Yeah. And I think at some point she comes to the conclusion, like uh, I don't know how far she gets, but she's like, ah, oh, the mail person, the mail carrier will be coming at some point. But, like, meanwhile, we find out later that, like, Joe had canceled the mail delivery, which I, 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 I don't believe. But I, I, Another, like, reverse ex machina yeah. thing. Like, no, okay, would he think to do that? No or, guy would think to do that. No, I'm a fucking idiot. I, I wouldn't would not think, think to do it. So, yeah, the mailman knows to not go there that day, thus, um, like, preventing another source of safety. In the meantime, all this, um, there's an incident that happens at... Vic and Donna's house where I guess uh, Kemp was pissed off because he really saw no explosion after he sent that letter. Yes. And so he's like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to show them my aggression some other way. They need to pay. Donna needs to pay. Fucks up the house. And you know what I was kind of upset this didn't happen. So in my mind, I thought he was going to, he fucks up the house, right? He sees the note from Donna Donna left a note in case anyone came by. Hey, yeah. going to take my car in or whatever. I wanted this motherfucker to, to go, drive there. To drive there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. To like confront her and then get got by Kuja. Yeah, but what God the hell? Damn it, it didn't that, happen. That should have happened. That should. I wonder if that happened. happens in a movie. I, I haven't. Yeah, seen Yeah, we'd have to watch if, the movie to know. But, but um, that seems to me like a natural thing. If he saw the note, he knows where she is now. Yeah, I, I find it kind of crazy that he didn't. Or that he left the note. He left the note, right? So he leaves his own note where he says, like, okay. I, I left a present for you upstairs or something yeah, like he, that. Yeah, he, he basically trashes the place and then um, leaves leaves uh, leaves a present upstairs. Leaves a substance upstairs yeah. so uh, he's on the gross. bed. Yeah. yeah. So um, Vic tries, he's been trying to call periodically to check on Donna and see the status and, of them and everything. And he is not getting any answers. And I think at one point it's like midnight and he's still not getting answers. And he's like, I'm worried. Mm-hmm. I'm legit worried now. Something's not right. They would have answered. Before you could talk yourself into like, okay, maybe they're getting pizza. Maybe they're at a friend's house yeah. or something. But it's midnight now. And it's like yeah. nothing anyone's going to say is going to convince him otherwise. So he does call the police and the police do go there and they're like, dude, it's not good. Yep. Uh, the place is trashed. Um no signs of blood or anything, so like maybe it's just vandalism. But do you know anyone that has a grudge against you? And um, uh, Vic's like, well, funny enough, um, <laughs> my wife was yeah. fucking this douchebag, and uh, he apparently is a crazy asshole. So yeah, um, I kind of so I kind of like the wild card aspect of that, where 
I feel like that's a more realistic way of the police getting sidetracked. They just, I feel like they just were, I don't know. The Castle Rock cops are kind of positioned as. Her car was gone. I I just felt like. The car thing is weird. Yeah. the, The way that they fixate so much on it. No one thinks that, like, go to the Chambers place until, like, the very I last thought Vic minute. was kind of lame for not even, like, thinking, thinking of that until the very... It took way too long for him to think about that. And, we, you know, we could argue, you could argue, like, oh, there's so much going through his mind right now. He thinks his family's dead. Maybe it slipped his mind. But it still seems like a big thing. It's their last conversation. So wouldn't you have a... Like, wouldn't the cops say, what was your last conversation with Donna? She yes. was worried about the car. Damn it. And he's just 100, 100% convinced that uh, his it family's been other. kidnapped by this right. guy. Right. That's He's just true. so fixated on it. He can't, you know, can't think of anything that. else. But. Meanwhile, Donna is, they're like sweating and scared. They, I think they try to get out of the car at one point and Cujo like ran into the car and made a dent. Yup. Pushing it over. He can't quite, he can't push the car over, but he can fuck it up pretty well. Yeah. Donna so it's hard do- for them to roll down the window or do anything. Donna does get bit a few times too when she tries to make a run at one point. Because the, the whole thing, the whole struggle of the book is she's so close to the house. She's so close to a bat, but Cujo just never fucks off. And, and some- she's not sure if the door is unlocked to the house. She's not sure. Yes. She sees a bat on the lawn. Is it mm-hmm. a metal bat? Uh, no, I think it's wooden. Okay, she sees some kind of bat and she's like, uh. yeah. And then at some point, the detectives working on the thing are like fighting. There's like some power struggle there's, with again, way the too, local there's, and state. There's way too much. Yeah, there's always that. This is my The stereotypical like. <laughs> this is my crime scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, in charge here. Not anymore. You're not. Um, I am. Bannerman is like. How does Bannerman get to the conclusion to go up there? I don't know. So he doesn't. The uh, there, There's a, a hot shot like, guy from state who suggests that Bannerman goes oh, to check okay. out the place. Okay, because they think it's a false lead. They think it's nothing. No one's there. Yeah, they, they find out that uh, – the I was, I've been forgetting the wild card's name, the dickhead. Uh, I can't Tennessee. remember the other cop's name. No, uh, uh, the guy that was the cheater, Kemp. Yeah. No. They find out that Kemp has been taken in by police from another state. So, so they know it's either they're stashed somewhere or like they, they pretty much think they don't. He does, he's involved, but they still don't have the family. And it's very much like, OK, local police guy, go check out this lead that probably isn't really a lead right. at the uh, old Kamer, chamber place. Um, and Bannerman, connective tissue, he's the guy he is the guy from the dead zone that hired on or not hired on but asked johnny smith for help i like the connective tissue there that's cool right castle rock it's like, like a real it's like a real place with a history um and king does a pretty good job of like so the this co- he, bannerman isn't stupid but maybe he isn't the best cop in the world right like once he gets to the place the the farm oh he sees the car but he doesn't call it in like procedure is to be like, oh hey, call in right away. Hey guys, the car is here. Like that's kind of weird, right? Like, yeah. So he doesn't call it in. He gets out of the car and uh, good old Cujo. Right away, it's just like attack, attack. He does fight him off. He does. And almost gets back to his he, car to was, call it in. And then ah, it's so fucking visceral and gross. He he starts running and then he falls. And then he looks down and he's like, he's like, he realizes that he's holding his entrails. Yeah, his I hate that word, entrails. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, but I, th- dude, that was I pictured that in my head. And I'm like, ew. 
And it was like all I needed to hear. And throughout, kind of before and during this, like in Donna's eyes, as time goes on and as the heat stroke is hitting her, she's starting to see the dog as more than a dog. Right. Because the dog just won't stop. It's like, oh, this isn't just a rabid dog. This is like something from hell. And it's, again, playing with that idea of like the spirit of Frank Dyer. Like Bannerman, I think, even remarks in his mind that's like this isn't a fucking normal this isn't rabbit just dog. a normal dog this is like otherworldly shit right uh of course bannerman uh almost gets to the car but doesn't and uh so she's just freaking out because she's like dude what do i have to do to get rid of this dog like she could see tad is like uh going in and out of like consciousness he's like he's so hot they don't have a lot of water. They don't have hardly any food. They've been stuck in this car. By that time, is it like two days? It's like a full... The whole episode is a full two and a half days, okay. pretty much. That's a long I, That's a long time. fucking time. And you know, there are times when the dog is like hiding. It's like yeah. lying in wait. And she's just like contemplating, should I go grab that bat? Especially now after the cop came. It's like she had false hope. Yeah, and it was always that that thing too of the, when she first got out, when she got first got attacked, she's like, "This might be my best chance because I'm only going to get weaker," and the dog is at a weakened state. Yeah. So if I wait longer, I'm not, I'm not going to be at a hundred. I'm not a, I'm not at a hundred percent now. Right. If I keep on waiting, then I'm just gonna. But. And she didn't know that the cop came or she would have probably yelled out the window, don't get out of your car. She was just so weak yeah, and like out of it for a second. She's yeah. napping. So. Eventually, though, she, uh, Tad goes into like a convulsion. Yeah. He doesn't swallow his tongue because apparently that's impossible. But his tongue is like stuck in his throat. Ugh. And she gets – this kind of freaked me out too. She has to pull his tongue out. But he's biting down. And later on, King reveals that he bit down to the bone. I was like, Ugh. oh, fuck. Sorry. That, something, something about the fingies getting bit. Yeah. Freaks me. Yikes. Freaks me out. Um, so that is brutal. So she comes to the point where she feels like desperate. And um, of course, setting up like the weird twist of fate at the end. Eventually, uh, Vic eventually snaps in, snaps for Vic that like, maybe I should check out the, the camber chamber place. Um, he realizes like that at the very last minute, at the very last minute, if he had left, if he, he took a nap, but he woke up, if he had left a little bit earlier, if he didn't take that nap, if he came to the conclusion that all the answers were at the, uh, mechanics place, things could turn out different, but, right. But Donna we, does take her last stand. Donna, she is pretty, pretty fucking badass. what she does, right? She gets makes the choice that all right tad's fucking he's gonna die yeah if i don't do, do anything he's gonna die at this point yeah he's barely breathing so this i have to do something showdown at this point she with the decided bat. to go get the bat and it's uh it's good right away i think could just could you jump on her jumps on her and she's bites, she does bites, a good job bites her a few times bites her once or twice maybe here like on the upper, yeah like, like on the shoulder i can't remember almost at her throat but she throws him off then she starts wailing on him with a bat and even during this even after all this i still kind of feel bad for cujo i know because <laughs> it's not the dog's yeah. fault like it that that's the sad part is like it, the brain was getting so brain damaged from the rabies and then Meanwhile, Donna is freaking losing it on Cujo. 
Um, it comes to the point where the brat, the brat, the bat breaks in two, I think. Yeah. And she shoves. Oh, she shoves it in his eye. She shoves it in his eye. Yeah, yeah. Hits his brain, and he's still alive. Isn't that crazy? So now we're getting to like, all right, like fucking is this thing supernatural? Like, yeah. Cause, uh, how's it still moving at how's all? How's it still going? And it almost gets to her throat, but she overpowers him. And, and then who's driving up at that time? Oh, boy. Glad I called that guy Vic. Shows up right when everything is pretty much over. Yeah. After all that. She's obviously like, in a compromised state. She's not quite there at all anymore. She can't even, like, barely form words. But what's the sight of her is her face is, like, bright red. She's emaciated. Yeah, she doesn't look herself anymore. She's been bitten, so she's suffering from the bite. She's bloody, yeah. And then uh, he's like, where's Tad? And the the reveal is like so matter of fact. She, He's just like, so how long was he dead? That's what he says. Like, he carries him out. And it's just, it's that. And like, then you're like, is he really dead? Yes. Now, you read this before. Did you think that he was dead when you were first reading this? I... Couldn't believe like he didn't come. I thought maybe they thought he was dead, but he was actually alive. But yeah. no, it's bleak. All right, spoiler alert for the Dark Tower. Do you remember this from the Dark Tower? No. So the guy. Which... Spoiler alert! Don't listen for the next thirty seconds if you're reading the Dark Tower and you don't want to get spoiled. Oh, are you talking about the kid? Yeah. So in no, not that. So in the Dark Tower, Stephen King is confronted. Well. It's what happened to him in real life. He gets hit by a truck. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember this. Yeah, the yeah. truck driver yeah. is not like an evil guy or whatever, but he he's he has a conversation with King after he calls the cops or whatever, Yeah. and he brings up Cujo, and the King portrays the truck driver that hit him as kind of an idiot, which I don't blame him. <laughs> you know, he almost murdered him. But the truck driver says, oh, you know, I'm a fan of Cujo the movie. That's like That's a good movie. And King's like, yeah. The kid dies in the book, though, and it, it mirrors what happens in the Dark Tower story. That's how that that's how the yeah, story got okay. spoiled for me. I knew I knew Tad was doomed from start. Oh, when I read this. but oh, it didn't. It doesn't negatively like really impact. It just it's a different kind of oh. read at that point. Yeah, but the kid lives in the movie. I heard that. So I did hear that somewhere else, but yeah, I guess you always want. I don't know. The kid was so innocent, and the fact that the kid was so scared of this, this uh, creature in his closet. The, I mon- guess. the monster won. Yeah, you know? and, and and honestly, like a lot of times, the monster doesn't win in these books because you always want the good thing to happen. So when it the kid actually died, I was like, the kid did the kid really die? It's really sad because we we have the monster words thing, and he puts all of his faith in this. And his parents. And his parents. And, like, and he puts his faith in his parents, and it sadly doesn't work out. Which fucking yeah, the sucks. monster. What the hell? So yeah. So uh, basically, oh, we forgot. They have to deal with the aftermath of all this. Forgot to mention uh, the uh, <laughs> the partner calls up Vic while the, the oh, and then the partner is like thing. the the funny thing. It's and that's another fate thing of um, it was a fool's errand for them to take the trip. Yeah, they didn't really. They didn't. Do they didn't have to. The the uh, the cereal company made up their minds. They're gonna they're gonna stick with the ad company for at least another two years. But it's another cruel, uh, yeah. oh, you didn't have to go anyway. Like, it was all for nothing. And then uh, at some point, the cops call Charity and Brett. 
Charity has to hear how. Oh yeah. You know, Joe's dead. All this, all these things happen because the dog was rabid, and basically it's her fault because didn't get the. She shots. knew that there was something or wrong. That and she too, didn't yeah. check into it. Mm-hmm. So it's that. I kind of like this. Uh, we didn't really get into the sister stuff too much. It's whatever. That that story that subplot it have to do with like social class. And yeah, it didn't. Ugh. It just wasn't that important. It doesn't really fit in. It kind of fits, but it doesn't. We don't need all this time spent with it. Like, yeah, it's like the serial thing. Yes, yeah. you don't really need to know about the relationship between the sisters or their their but class differences or whatever. I I like the point of view from the sister at first, where she's kind of disturbed by. At first, uh, Charity it looks kind of slightly happy that her husband's dead, and that kind of scares her sister at first. Yeah, but then like it, it hits her that. Oh fuck! Uh, my my son's uh, dad is dead, and uh, his best friend in the world, uh, Cujo, is dead. So, right. that, but I kind of like that touch of mixed. Charity kind of wanted the husband dead. She just <laughs> didn't want to deal with him anymore. Yeah, she, he was, she was terrible. Kinda, she was considering divorce and shit on while she was on the trip. And I mean, she also realized that she's gonna have a hard life now. Yep, because she's gonna have to whole, find her own way. Yeah, she was dependent on this guy, and now he's gone. But, um, yeah, it's a melancholy kind of ending where uh, Donna and Vic, like, try to pick up the pieces of their marriage and, you know, they've lost the child, which is, like, the worst kind of fucking trauma you can go through as a parent. They and stay together, though. They stay together. Yeah, I don't know if I buy that. Yeah. But I guess, on you know, I guess, I guess Vic is kind of just a, good guy i don't know like yeah i, yeah, I guess he's kind of yeah, and he did see that she went i mean she did try her best she to did save. go through fucking hell yeah. for yeah. so maybe she's maybe vic is like all right maybe i can kind of put the affair thing aside and right you know she tried her best she went through the worst kind of torture people can go through so and you just feel so bad for i don't know the boy who's dog killed everyone and the the crazy thing is at the end i think the mom gives brett another dog yeah and, and brett's yeah. like does the dog have his shots <laughs> does this one have his fucking shots because that last thing didn't end so yeah well. so, so that's always crazy but. it's very sad and he seems to be she, he is now the man of the house right but she is starting a college fund on the off chance that he will want to get out of this town or be able to get out of this town. But, like, the cards are stacked against them. Like, but so is, uh, I guess, life in small towns in the 80s when you don't have a dad around <laughs> and shit. But when you need money and you don't have any. Yeah. That's, uh, oh, I also do want to point out one last little second. King does, like, a little eulogy for Cujo. It's like, you know, this wasn't really Cujo. A monster kind of took over his mind. He was always a good dog poor dog remember him as a good dog and king is a dog lover himself i'm thinking he was probably thinking of his own dogs while he wrote that little it's passage not, it's not his fault that the evil bat bit his face yeah oh it's also weirdly weirdly haunting he he mentions that the um little section where the bats lived was never discovered and oh the, yeah, yeah the bats eventually abandoned the place i know timing again yeah. All yeah. these things had to fall into place for this to happen yeah. at this exact time. But and uh that's that's kind of the story. Yeah. Very sad. Kind of a bum out. Yeah. Um 
don't know. Where, how's this rank up? Is this, was this like a, this is a reread for you? Would does yeah. it, um, was it like a good reread or kind of like, eh, I've been there, done that? I like it. I, I liked it. I, I enjoyed reading it and, um, I don't know. I, it, it is a bummer. Like it, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. That's a bummer. Um, it's interesting. Um, I don't know. I guess I, I, I appreciated it more the second time around because like those connections that were made and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And to see just like how people can be so haunted by the past and I, I don't know. I definitely liked it. I somehow found this and I, this is like so much more affecting to me than I kind of poop on this book a lot. The, the long walk where. Oh, yeah, yeah. Interesting story or whatever, but like all these nameless kids are getting killed and you kind of don't have real relationships with them. Like senseless. Yeah. So it's like, okay, that's sad. I don't, I'm not really connecting with these esoteric weird characters. Like you get to know the characters in this book. And although, uh, like Joe chamber, isn't the best guy in the world. You're like, Oh shit. That's a human getting like, he does. Especially the little boy. The little boy. These are flesh shot characters that you care about. I think I felt so bad for the little boy because I just picture I just pictured him being so afraid of the thing. In the, I, just because we always talked about the thing in the closet, we all yeah. have a thing in the closet, and then him being reassured, you're protected, you're safe, mm-hmm. and then him not being safe. It's just like it's a harsh reality of the world. Sometimes, I guess, uh, is upsetting. But um, I I definitely enjoyed this more than some others. Yeah, this is definitely in King's more um, pessimistic kind yeah. of view. Like, I don't... Not many of his books are very positive. No, but, like, I don't know. I I think if he wrote this 10 years later, I bet the kid lives. Like, I wish I, the kid would have lived. Yeah. But... I, and apparently that was a knock on the book back in the day where people were kind of upset that the kid died. And I kind of... I wish, you know, we want the kid to live, but I think that makes the, the loss that much more. Exactly. I mean, and, you know? and we do remember, it is a book. I feel like seeing it as a movie would probably change my mind. I mean, but he lives in the movie version, so. Yeah. If there was a true adaptation where he the, the kid would die in the movie, I think oh, it would dude, affect I don't, me more. I don't know if they can make that, like, I don't know if they could make that movie. Yeah, that today. would really get me today. Where, they, where a kid die, like a kid like that dies. That would really Maybe get me. Maybe they could, I don't know. But, um. Yeah, so this is, yeah, like I said a million times, this is my first time reading it. I thought it was, like, I don't know why. I, I was, maybe because I like dogs. I was going into it thinking that I wasn't going to love this book. And I don't know if I love it, but I think it's really good. I yeah, think it's a really solid. I don't solid. love it, for sure, but I enjoyed it. Maybe if you cut. The serials? Maybe if you cut 25 to 40 pages of serial backstory slash. The visit? The visit stuff. Yeah. Which you don't, you really don't need. That's true. This, because what's the story is fucking Donna and her kid. Yeah. That's what the story should be. These families that are working through their crap and. Yeah. It should, that should be like tertiary. The, he makes too much about that, I think, towards yeah. the end of the book. Yeah. I don't know why. Like maybe he wanted to give more flesh to the characters or whatever, but I don't think you need, there's. You didn't need to go that far. You, yeah. We don't need to know all the ins and outs of the fucking ad company. <laughs> we can just know that the guy works for an ad company. and uh, Things, things were tanking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> things were not things good. Things were tanking hard. But yeah, I, it's definitely worth a read. I feel like you got to do it. It's Cujo. Yeah, now, th- and this is kind of why I wanted to take on this journey and I needed you. I wanted to read all the shit that I missed. 
it does help to read them in order. So I think this, yeah. this book actually like made it me feel like there was a purpose to the, the order of it because then you get the, I don't know. I didn't even think about it twice about it. The first time I read it, I was like, oh, I don't know what the hell he's well, talking about. You're just like, ah, oh, it's a weird, okay, there's a killer. I got like, it some context clues, but I was like, I don't really know what the hell. Now you'd you'd read you now, now I since you've read the Dead Zone you have like a whole oh I know Sheriff Bannerman I know Frank Dodd that yes, fucking psycho asshole I got the whole context yeah. so I appreciated that so it validated everything so I really cool. like um yeah the the Castle Rock town this is the first time it's popping it's the first time it's popping back up right um or so it was in the Dead Zone obviously was it in any other books I forget what's I, what's Carrie. Carrie is uh that's a different town. Oh, it's okay. a Castle Rock Castle <laughs> Castle Rock like town, but it's uh is it new, not New Haven. Something something weird. What's Roadwork? Roadwork is like an unnamed okay. Midwest city. He never he never says the name of the place. Castle Rock has been in some short story I read as well. It's in The Body, aka Stand by Me. That's true. Um there was some short story I read. Um, it was a Stephen King one, and it was about some guy that kept losing weight, like on the scale. Oh, thinner. It wasn't thinner. Not thinner. It was. Oh, is it elevation? Yes. So that's, that's a newer. That's a newer okay. one. Was that any okay. good or no? I th- I liked it. I thought it was cool, but I think it's Castle Rock in that too. Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. He yeah he, he did the book Needful Things, which was like. He that was bu- a TV movie, I remember. He built it as the last Castle Rock story, and I think this was in 93, and he's done a few Castle Rock Oh, things. that little liar. How can he do... You can't say it's the last Castle Rock story, bro. Come on. But, um... There's right. so much to come. So much to come. What's the, next? The next one on the docket, guys, if anyone out there is reading along with us, uh, it's The Running Man. Um, I know nothing about this book, so... Really? Nothing at all. So, so they made a... Pretty uh, silly movie out of it uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah. I have heard of... I guess I have heard of the thing, but I don't know. The book is much more uh, serious. and Okay. Um, it's another Bachman book, so he wrote it under his, you know, um, pseudonym that's more... A little more pessimistic. But... Uh, so I read this one before, and I think it's pretty good. Okay. Um, um, and it's, it's, an, it's a fun... I don't know, fun. It's an interesting structure that I think you'll kind of dig. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, I I think it's not uh, not a perfect story, but there's some really good. Is shit. there any paranormal? No, but it's like uh, this kind of dystopian future shit, which um, like the Hunger Games kind of riffs on a little bit, and uh, they like there's like a reality TV element that I think you'll find kind of interesting. Okay. Uh, then after that, baby. Gunslinger time. We're on the gunslinger. So I might be a little higher on the dark tower than you, but um, I don't know. Where, actually, where are you on the dark? I'm do you, done. No, but do you like, did you like oh, it? Or, oh, oh, okay. So. It's not perfect. I'll be the first to admit. Okay. There were definitely um, a lot of uh, parts that were hard to get through for sure. Mm-hmm. And at the end, I had a little bit of a crisis. I had to text you, and I'd be yeah. like, um, "I felt a certain way." Uh, I can't. I don't want to do spoilers. I mean, these people should have all I read g- this by now. G- but I, um, I'm always sorry. I'm always very curious about because 
it's more common now, but back in the day when I read it, it was like no one talked about these fucking books, the Dark Tower books, because they were always considered the weird King series. It's definitely like different than anything else. It's very different. Nothing is like, I feel like nothing I've read by him has been like these. Also, like, I'm not, it's like a mixture of like, like some cowboy slash. It reminded me of like the Knights of the Round Table, like future past. Yeah, it just was like it it was like everything. Yeah, it was just bizarre. Robots, futuristic stuff. uh, Yes. Weird animals, weird creatures, uh, emptiness, isolation. um, I I don't know. There's so many. And then the last book. That, that and ending, then the last book. That, that ending. Oh, it's a very sad. That's a, the ending is like. Um, that's a sad, sad uh, last hundred pages. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, what can happen right now? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Yeah. I, um, and it's also very drug inspired. Like drugs are. King was like high. Yeah. When he came up with the idea. Like, I no, can see that. He was kind of tripping or, while watching a Sergio Leone uh, Western. Oh, God. I love those books. I can't wait. But. First, we got the Running Man coming soon. It's all gonna happen soon, so I'm ex- I, I get to read it again. So, have you read the oh the dart you were talking? Yeah, about. yeah. So you never but read the, the, the Gunslinger. Sorry, not the Gunslinger. The Running Man. I have never read. I don't know a single thing about other than what you just told me. So, I'll I'll be excited to read that one. And I think it's that. a shorter one. I think cool. So, I love it. All right, yeah. So we're trucking along. We're we're firmly in the '80s, so it's, we're going to see a lot of. I'm, I'm waiting for that it reread too, baby. I can't wait. It's gonna yeah, be so, that'll be fun. That's gonna that's gonna be a long read slash long record. A really long read. I might. I wonder if we want to do two episodes for that. I guess we'll have to parse we it to, out. I think we're gonna have to do an outline. Yeah, that's one where I'll. I'll it's have all to, over the place. I'll have to do some homework, and because that will have. Gonna have to, you know, get all my ducks in a row for that for that monster. But uh, I don't know, Jade. You got any parting words? Any last thoughts? Um, yes. Be kind to your animals. Be get kind, the shots. Get those goddamn shots. Be good to doggies. <laughs> Doesn't matter if they have rabies; they're still good boys. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, get your shots. Or if you're anti-vax, then uh, <laughs> that's, that's a whole. It's a whole weird, other thing. That's a whole weird corridor that I can go down that I'm not going to go down. But all right, is that all we got, dude? I think that's it. I guess then uh, let's wish everybody a long days and pleasant nights. Bye, y'all. Bye.